This is the Big Brand Theory Podcast by Blackwood Creative with your host, Kyle Johnson. And now, here's Kyle. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Big Brand Theory Podcast. And I'm so excited that you're here listening to, uh, to this because we've got some really good content today to talk about uh, when we're talking about your marketing, of course. So um, in this topic is one that I think a lot of people know about, but they don't really know it. So that's why I feel like this episode is extremely important. And today um, we have a guest with us, Chris Sibonek, that she has just incredible knowledge about SEO experience, which is really good, just on the ground experience. And I'm excited to learn from her. And I'm excited to share that knowledge with you guys. So um, Chris comes from a background and I'll let her share that in detail. But Chris, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm so excited that you're here with us. Thanks so much for thinking of me on this subject matter. I love educating everybody um, about the world because it's SEO is everybody knows they need it. They just don't know how to get it and get it well done. So I'm excited to help you out today. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. Why are you, how did you get to where you're at now? Thanks for asking. I started in advertising back in early 2000, just as the internet really started getting cool and everybody was learning about it. And as banner ads were developed, as Google became a thing, as search got smarter and smarter. YouTube was developed. I watched all of these things just become. And coming from an ad agency where I was in charge of TV and radio and mailers and um, magazine ads and PR, a bunch of different stuff, but it all came back to their website. All of that traffic went to investigate people on the internet. And so we had to make sure that what we had going in the radio ad or going on the magazine ad was followed through on the website, right? So they didn't come to the website and think, oh, I'm at the wrong place and go somewhere else. So that became the the starting point. And I grew up with a mom who was a programmer in the 80s and 90s. So computers were natural to me. So I wasn't um, overwhelmed by the invention of the internet or computers or programming. So I was able to bridge that gap better than some of the other people who felt that it was just too complicated, right? I mean, we have a billion websites we can choose from. Where do you put your ad? Well, let's yeah. focus on our strategy behind it. So really, I, I came up gently learning each thing as it became <laughs> developed. And SEO just fascinates me, right? Because you're earning, not buying your spot. And I think that's um, a big differentiator between advertising and SEO. So I, I'd really love that. That's awesome. That's so good. So again, SEO is something that we, as in the marketing world, we know about it, but what the heck is SEO? Like it's, to, it's, it's all these different things. And I think a lot of times as marketers, we pigeonhole it into one thing. It's just this, when in reality, there's more to it. And so like, how would, how would you define SEO? That. That is a great question because I have to answer that a lot. Being that people know that they need it, but they don't know why. So SEO, I tell people it's earning the spot on Google by being the right answer. And then how do you do that is part of my problem. And I will tell you how I do that. But how do you earn Google's trust? 
earn it, not buy it. You can buy ads. You can be at the top. You can be there. But earning the organic rankings is becoming the best answer for that question, right? You've got to earn that spot. You've got to beat out other people. So as we Google things as a human being, you go and you Google something, right? The first page comes up with 10 answers organically. And when you as a searcher don't see the answer to your question, you go and you retype your query, you go retype your, your question to Google because you assume that is the answer to the question you just asked. So obviously the question was wrong, not the answers. We have so much trust in what Google says is the right answer to the question that we will assume we are wrong before we assume Google is wrong. So that is, as a business owner, you just need to become the answer to that question. And we'll talk more about how you do that. But that is what SEO is, is earning that spot of trust. Wow. That... That's, I mean, you nailed it. That's the clearest definition of SEO, search engine optimization that I've ever heard is just earning the trust and being the answer to the right question. So that's incredible, incredible stuff. So, um, so let's look at, let's look at say our listener, right? So the, the CMO or the director of marketing or somebody like that, somebody that's working on SEO for their company. What are some of the things that like, as they dive into it, how do they how do they know like what they should be looking at? Um, what are some of the things that they should be starting with to get going? Great question. So let's talk about what do you do to gain that trust? So as a CMO or a director, whether or not your team is doing the SEO or if you're hiring it out from an agency that specializes in SEO, or if you've got a one-man band somewhere in a basement doing your SEO, what do you need to look for? My number one thing is that if you're paying money, you should be getting work in return. SEO, a lot of people are like, I've got a secret sauce. I'm just going to do it. Pay me money and it will get done. But what are they doing and SEO is real work. It's hard work, right? So it's not something that's going to be cheap, easier, fast. Google has gotten over that. That was pre-2012 SEO. Um, it's going to involve the website, making it the right answer. It's going to involve other sites, trusting your site. It's going to involve making sure that everything is the same. What is Google looking for is the question. And that changes over time, right? 2012, 2014, 2018. And there's huge rollouts that happened last year in 2020. And another one that's happening in April, 2021, that's going to change what Google's looking for, for you to be the answer to the question. So make sure they're up on those updates that have happened. But you're going to be able to see work. Articles being published, content being created, something being published. Um, they should be able to show the technical SEO. This should not be a mystery job. It should involve actual deliverables. You should see stuff, right? You should yes, see you should things see happening. Work happening. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, a real quick question, and this is kind of a sidebar, I guess. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned Google, and we all know, like Google is our default search engine for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, as we work on SEO. Should we simply only focus on Google or are there things that we should be doing for other search engines as well? That is a great question and something I forget that the East Coast cares about desperately. Out here in Utah, we're like 90% Google searches and the other ones are accidental, right? So yeah. I focus on Google for one clear absolute reason, Google is smarter than the other search engines. Mm -hmm. They are updating daily. Their algorithm is better. They do their search answers based on quality. The other ones, and I won't mention their names, are based on other things. And I really believe they're still back on 2014, 2012 
logic for algorithms. So what we tell people to do is if you are aiming for Yahoo or the other ones, Yahoo and Bing, you will piss Google off, okay? Because your quality score will go down, okay? Because mm-hmm. they're more simplistic in their algorithms, I believe. So that's why I aim for Google. Yahoo and Bing will come along with that. When you do the right stuff for Google, Yahoo and Bing will notice it. But if you aim for Yahoo and Bing, I have seen people who rank only on Yahoo and Bing and Google hates them. They're blacklisted because their stuff is so low quality. So what we want to do is aim for Google and Yahoo and Bing will come along. That's good. It's good to know. Okay. So what else, like, as we're thinking about it, what, what's our next step? And we're, and we're walking through this process of increasing our SEO uh, standing and so forth. What's next? I think the next thing is the types of SEO that there are. Everybody's like, I'll do your SEO. And somebody who has just hired a new SEO person, I'm like, well, what do they do? And they look at me and I'm like, Not, nobody can do everything in SEO. You're going to be a really great programmer and they can do technical SEO like nobody's business or they're a great writer and their content is top notch or they're good at getting things published from the PR realm or they're good at local and making sure that all the directory listings are identical and that they are all pointed the right website and all of their descriptions are similar so that their keywords are in place. So you've got different types of SEO. So your person who's doing SEO, if they're really good at the creative, the content and writing the creative content for the the people and their keyword density is on point. Maybe they need some help with that technical portion. Are they getting in the face of the web designers, making sure that that is strategically done? Their metas aren't copied and pasted um, across all the pages. Their technical, their schema, their data highlighter markups are all in and well organized and to Google's current best practices. So making sure that each piece of the SEO puzzle is covered and the different types of SEO as people are like, I can do all the SEO. It may be that they know about it, but they're not going to be good at everything. You can't get a programmer that can write and you can't get writers to program. It's just two different types of brains, right? So make sure that if they can't do each piece, they have somebody to help them out with each piece of the SEO puzzle. So that's like, if we're thinking I need to, you know, if we're, if, if I'm in a company right now, I'm running marketing, there's, I have a writer maybe or something like that on staff. There's no way I probably have an entire team that's dedicated towards SEO. So likelihood is I'm going to go hire an agency. I should be asking those questions. Who do you have on staff? Do you have a technical person or do you have access to a freelancer or something like that? In this day and age, and half of our staffs are usually just freelancers that are pulled in for projects. So yeah, and that's, that's a great way to do it because even as the writing staff, they may write on site really well. They can do a blog article that's got great, great keyword density. They got all the metas installed, but the off site journalism needs to sound different. It needs to sound like it's not you talking about yourself. So you're going to need a t- couple different types of writers. You're going to need the programmer. Programmers aren't good with strategy. So we get a strategist in there to tell the programmer what to do. So get each piece of the puzzle done really well based on that type. I have seen massive national, huge brand websites who absolutely flunk the on-site strategy. They've got content, they've got the 300 words, but it doesn't make any sense to Google because they don't talk about what they fix or what they do. They're not an answer to a question. So you need to make sure that the strategy behind the SEO is for Google's eyes, not just consumer eyes. A lot of people write their websites to get that conversion rate, get that client up and into their funnels. That's great. But Google is looking for something different. So make sure you have both of those covered on your on-site content. 
So let's talk about that for a second, because on-site content seems super important. It seems like something that we can grasp right away because we can see it right away. So how do we go about looking at, I'm writing for the user and then for Google? Because it feels like often it's like, that's very opposite things. So how do we blend that process? A lot of the way we do it is write for the consumer first and then add in the Google best practices because Google is looking for you to be the answer. So if you are the answer to the consumer for baby lotion, great. Now make sure that baby lotion is in there. The keyword density is right. You've got paragraphs of information. Google loves paragraphs, but the consumer wants bullet points. Put the bullet points first, put them in a image or something, but make sure your content is there in paragraphs. So Google is looking at you like an encyclopedia entry, right? For baby lotion. They want you to answer the questions about why this lotion is good for babies versus everybody else. Why is it a good baby lotion? And then, you know, like what uh, highlights the, the baby lotion and how it makes it different than your competitor's baby lotion. So you want content in there to be the encyclopedia entry and encyclopedia entries are not bullet pointed. So be there for the consumer. Absolutely get that CRO done, that conversion rate optimizing so that you can move them through your funnel but make sure you have that paragraphs there. Make sure the answer to the question, make sure you don't have multiple pages that answer the same question, right? If you make baby lotion and you have 15 pages that are the answer to that, you've just confused Google about where to land people. So make sure you have one page that's dedicated to being the answer. And then you can have, you know, smells like roses over here and it smells like blueberries over here. You can have different pages, but make sure that one massive major page up at the top, it's in your search bar. Um, it's in your, um, not search bar, in your headers so that people can go straight there from your homepage. That's what Google's looking for is your main answer page for that question. So that's how we really do it. We go through a website and we're like, okay, there's 15 pages by baby lotion. This is going to be our main one. These are going to be sub pages about baby lotion so that we can tell Google, land them here, and then they can go through the different flavors later, right? Or the different scents. And so that you can show Google where you want people. Google wants to know where you want people on your website. So help them figure that out easily and quickly through an, uh, you know, your code being very clear to Google where you want people. I like how you said, how you answered the question. It's we're writing for that consumer first, and then we're adding in the Google best practices. That makes it for me, it makes it very clear. Here's my process. I'm going to write here and then we're going to add this back in and make sure that we've got a full complete set. And even my mind that just feels like, okay, I've got it here. Complete. It feels complete when I do that. So that's incredible. So what are some of the things that as we as we look at going through this process again, um, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but the idea of like, if we're hiring out somebody or we've hired somebody in-house, we're talking a little bit about like what work is being done, right? So we have to answer that. We have to ask that question, right? That's kind mm-hmm. of our, our first step. Um, so what's kind of what's kind of number two then for for us there? Perfect. Number two is after you've seen work being done, what is the work doing? You can work all day long and not get a thing in return from from Google, right? So the first step is getting some ranking changes. Is Google noticing the work? Are the keywords that matter moving in the right direction, right? Google will change your rankings all the time, but we want to see month over month improvements moving towards the first page. Once you're on the first page, 
moving each step 10, 9, 8, 7, right? Getting those rankings, the rankings that matter the top five. So when people are like, yeah, I rank great on page two and three, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. My best Google joke right now is where do you hide a dead body? Page three of Google results because nobody goes there. Yeah. Okay. You could hide something all day on that page because once in a while we will click through the second page. But once we've gotten through the second page, we assume we've asked the wrong question. We go retype it in. So really you, you need to be on the first page. Top five is best. Top three is phenomenal. That's where you're going to get your traffic. Those people who are doing research and are shopping around are hitting one, two, and three. If they're continuing to re do research, they need some more bids, four and five, right? Um, you might go down a little bit in the results to see if somebody's um, snippet code really jumps out at you as something you want to look at. So really that's what you're aiming for. And if your your rankings aren't changing, then you're not then the work you're doing isn't making a difference. Right? So first change is in rankings. You want to see those move. You want to track them over time, month over month, last 6 months, year over year. And that's the that's how you start seeing results very quickly. For 60 90 days of SEO, Google should start to notice these things that you're doing. So that's a good question. And we get it all the time in the agency world and we start doing work. How come after two weeks, I'm not number one on Google? What, how fast should we start seeing results? If we're doing the right work, like how, how quickly should we start seeing results? That's great. So really the first month, Google's still trying to just look at your pages, right? They're not looking at every page of your website every single day. So they're going to come in and they're going to index regularly. They're going to come look at your new co content that you're creating, which is why websites need new content regularly. So Google will come back and look at your site again. So we want to see that really ranking changes should start really in 30 to 45 days after you start making those changes to those pages, making sure that you're being seen by Google, make sure that you're, you're indexed and that Google's looking at you. That's through your Google webmaster tools. And those rankings should start changing one, two, three, four, jumping. Sometimes if you start, if you change your content and you start to become an answer, you can jump from page 10 to page four very quickly. And that is how you can see that Google's starting to notice the work that you're doing. Mm. Okay, so so one week, two weeks, not <laughs> we shouldn't not be, gonna happen that fast. No. Not gonna happen. Okay, um, local SEO can can benefit your map rankings fairly quickly. Can make that stronger. So maps can move more quickly than the organic rankings of your website. Sure. So maps versus organic. So if people are like, I do local SEO, I do local SEO. That is maps, and you only have a certain amount of anything to do with maps. Maps is 90% based on the location where your business is and where the human that's searching you is located. So yeah. you better rank top two when you're standing in your parking lot. Yeah. When you're across the street or down the street or in a different zip code, then how are you showing up? Like mm -hmm. burger places, right? The, the bigger dots are the closer ones to you and then it gets further out. But if you're like, no, I want burgers closer to my house. I might be at work across town, but I want burgers on this side of town. You've got to move over there, right? And then say, refresh burger joints in this area. So yeah. you, it's really based on where you're standing for maps. So you only have a certain amount of power over the map listings, but organic, you can be found for your subject matter anywhere. That's awesome. That is good. So what what else are, is there anything else we're missing about rankings the idea of rankings and how like that process Yeah and rankings it's it's really based on you becoming the best answer for that question and there's a lot of ways to look at your rankings SpyFu SEMrush your own Google Analytics seeing um, rankings there so we want to ask 
right? No, don't just do a search for yourself and like, oh, look, I'm number one, because that's <laughs> going to be based on your history and the fact that you really love yourself. Yes. So let's see what other people see when they search, right? Incognito is great, but you're still sitting in your living room. So mm-hmm. let's see what people across town are seeing. Um, so rankings change over time. Some rankings will move faster. I talk about rankings with businesses, like rankings are a race that you're in, right? So the Boston Marathon is an extremely competitive race, right? That's like national SEO right there, right? Other SEO will be the Atlanta 100 or the LA Fun Run, right? So it depends on who you're up against as to how fast those rankings can compete. So if you're just trying to be found in a small town in the middle of Kansas, those rankings should change a lot faster than if you're trying to be found in LA County or nationally. So it's the race that you're running is going to really determine how fast those rankings can change. But it's not impossible to get ranked on a national key term. It's just how competitive are you? If you're trying to be found for blue jeans, right? But you're up against Levi and you're a little guy in the middle of Park City, Utah. You got some problems unless you're trying to be found for blue jeans, Park City. Now we can work on that, right? So it determines, the rankings are determined not only by your keywords and your website, but who you're up against, how fast those rankings can change. But getting Google's attention will make your rankings change no matter the keywords. Going from page 10 to page eight on a national keyword is actually a pretty big jump. Whereas, you know, on a local Kansas term, that's a good start and you want to keep moving and page one should not be out of reach in the first say six months. Yeah. So I'm, and this, I'm going to throw this question at you again. And I know we hadn't talked about this before, but um, this idea of like, um, but that we've got companies out there and they're local and they only service local companies and they go to search and Angie's List and Home Advisor and all of these larger, basically other listing sites are dominating that first page. Like, what is there a tip or is there a word of encouragement or something for somebody who's kind of fighting fighting against that idea of like, I don't know if I can rank above these guys. What's like, what are my options? Yeah. So what we do on those kind of cases, because yes, as a hardwood floor installer in um, Marionville, you want to beat Angie's List, right? And it's actually not as difficult as you would think because we can make your website the highest quality answer for that search term. Also, you've got maps on your side, right? Angie's List isn't going to rank in maps. Mm -hmm. So let's get you ranked there. Make sure your local's done really well. And then let's make you the best answer for specific areas around you because you will be the local answer. And as people are looking for local answers because they want people to come to them and service their house, they're going to be local looking for local answers. So make sure your website is very clear to Google that you are the best quality hardwood floor installer ever in this area. And as you become the answer, because Angie's List, it's cookie cutter. Each of their pages is almost identical. So really what we want to be is better than that. And it is doable. We have one on those um, as the quality score becomes more important. The content becomes more important. You're going to need more words, more pages to be the best quality answer. Instructional videos will help. Um, Frequently asked questions at that point come into play pretty hard. So that's how we just be better than those guys. So it's a process, right? We're we're going to it, it sounds like we've got several things that we've got to improve on our website, whatever, you know, whoever, we, whoever we is, but, uh, but there's, there's 
a process there of increasing content, improving the quality of content. I like the idea of videos. That's always something that we're suggesting, like being being that uh, resource for somebody who's looking for looking maybe to do it on their own. And then they watch your instructional video and they say, I'm not going to try that one on my own. And then they just call you. Uh, that's the best scenario. So um, that's, that's incredible. I like that. That's, that's good to know. So what else? I mean, are we, we've got kind of things wrapped up on rankings or are we missing anything mm-hmm. else? No, that's exactly how rankings work. And then rankings create traffic. So my number three is watching for traffic increases, right? And we're looking for not only traffic because you can really, you can create traffic from a lot of garbage crap. But what we're <laughs> looking for is high quality traffic that stays. So your bounce rate's coming into play here. We want to see people stay around and convert. So we want traffic. So what we're going to look for is ranking changes that create traffic, right? So Creating ranking changes on the long-tailed keywords that have two searches a month, not that beneficial. Unless those two searches a month are your golden goose and you re- then go for it, right? Rank on that and then let's do some stuff that has some high traffic. Um, what we want is traffic that wants what you have. So cheap traffic is cheap traffic, right? You can have a million Twitter followers, but if 8.900,000 of those are just bots, that's not who you want to see have your message. So what we want is traffic that wants to be there. They want the answers to the questions. They want to watch your videos. They want to see what else you have. Oh, hardwood floor. Oh, look at this. This is tile. Maybe I want to go over there and look at that. So let's look at the the traffic that's coming in. And then we want to look at the conversion rate of that traffic, right? You want those that traffic to do something once they get there. Um, so the traffic matters and you want to see month over month improvements, organic traffic coming in and staying, looking at pages um, and doing something. So let's talk about that. The two types of traffic, paid traffic and organic traffic. Is there one or the other that's better or do we care or should we, is there a ratio or what's, talk to me a little bit about that. That is actually industry specific. So let's talk about what your your industry is doing. So personally, as an SEO person, I like the organic traffic better. They want an answer. They want a, they have a problem that wants to be solved. That's the person I want to talk to. Mm-hmm. Paid traffic wants something easy, fast, and cheap. Not me. So I prefer organic traffic. Now, if you are a plumber, paid traffic off of a Google ad at the top of I'm ankle deep in in nasty mess water and I need help now. That's where you want to be. So you want to be the first two calls. First person to answer the phone wins, right? Because all I care about is getting that phone call. And it doesn't take much to um, become the winner when somebody's furnace is broken in the middle of January, right? If you can come and fix it, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much it costs. Just come fix me. So I would actually suggest both to any company that can afford both. I would suggest both. If you can max out that pay-per-click and it converts and it's ROI is high, why ignore it, right? Just because 20% of the um, traffic goes to pay-per-click and 80% goes to organic, you don't want to miss out on that 20%. So if it converts and it becomes clients, go for it and max it out. Like if you're spending 500 bucks and you're you're only getting 50% impression share, double it. If you can be there for every search, why not? If they're going to click and they're going to call and they're going to become a client, go for it. But then you don't want to ignore the organic. A lot of the higher quality clients will come through organic, especially business to business and the higher end um, products 
and things that you investigate. Um, we find that mortgages do very well organically because people are looking for something high quality and they want an answer to their question. They want people who answer the phone, they go down to the organics. They don't really care where the mortgage company's at because location doesn't matter, but they want someone who's well-known. Your branding's going to come into play there. So I would do both pay-per-click and organic traffic. Then once you get your organic and your pay-per-click in line, then you go out and do banner ads, giving people the idea, hey, your problem can be solved. I have a solution for um, your ankle problem. I have a solution for your divorce questions. I have a solution for um, your child's temper tantrums. So you go out and you tell them there's an answer for your problem. Then they go to Google, they research you. So be there on SEO for those banner ads. And that all trickles down into how do you get more clients, right? So the SEO will get you the clients that are already looking for a solution to their problem. But then you need to go introduce, hey, we have a solution to your problem to people who aren't already looking for it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. So the organic stuff, I mean, it's... it. To me, it feels like that's that's the best thing, but it's also kind of the harder one to get to. And then we go to paid. And um, is there like, we're talking about paid. Is there, what are some of the things that we want to look at as far as metrics like on our website? I guess this could talk about paid or organic, but mm-hmm. we're looking at metrics like on the website. What what are some of the things that we need to be paying attention to? And like maybe some red flags or or green flags. So... Mm-hmm. My big thing with any traffic, SEO, pay-per-click, referral, even affiliate, is do they stick around? Do they want to be on your website? Why pay for someone to come who doesn't want to be there? So if they're coming in and bouncing on a specific keyword, it means that they, their search intent on that keyword isn't you right? Their intent, when they type that in, you are not the answer to that question. So stop paying money to get people in on that keyword. So make sure that your keywords have the right search intent. Google will blow your keyword list out of control to get money spent, right? So babysit that keyword list, the areas that you're hitting, um, zip codes. You know, if you're really high end, you're very expensive. Zip code targeting matters in that in that area. So we want to make sure that the people who are coming to your site organically or with pay-per-click want to be there. So uh, bounce rate matters at that point, right? Conversion rate matters at that point. So we want to look at, do they want to be there? Is this the person I want to pay to come to my website? So specifically looking at bounce rate, and I know the answer to this question, but for those that don't, like, is there a is there a percentage that we should be aiming towards? I mean, zero feels like the best, but in reality, what should we be aiming towards? Well, and really, bounce rate is based off if they do something else, right? So um, time on site doesn't always matter. So what we want to look at is what was it last week and what is it now? Let's make it better. Um, because if you have a 50% bounce rate, you're not trying to get to zero at that point. You're just trying to get to 40, right? You're just trying to make it better. So I'm not going to give you a number to hit because every industry is different. If you've got 50,000 people coming to your website, your bounce rate is going to be higher than if you've got 1,000 people because you're just less targeted at that point. You've just got a lot of people coming and, and looking, right? Yeah. So we want to just keep improving it. So your web team's goal is to make it sticky, right? Tell people what to do next. So conversion rate optimization comes in really heavily here because you've got people coming to your site. What are they doing next? Are you telling them, if you're giving them ideas of what to do next, are you giving them 50 choices? Because that's too many. If you're giving them a few choices, making it really obvious where to click, 
what to do next, how to call, how to download a paper, how to add themselves to your email list, whatever you're asking them to do, make it really obvious. And a lot of times with conversion rate optimization, the website you have is great. Let's just get them to take another step. That's where bounce rate drops. So you're really looking at conversion rate optimization at that point. And if you're a site, I had a site once where their massive goal was to make sure everybody looked at three pages. That's all they cared about because what they were getting money off of was ads, right? So our goal was to get people to the site that would land on three different pages. Okay, so if that's our goal, let's get people there that want to do that, right? That's They're going to follow through. So we optimize the words to that goal. If that's your goal, aim towards it and get that conversion rate to, to shift people into that. Click here, move here, look at this, go to here. That's what you want to move them through. Um, if you want your email list bigger, if you want them to add to cart, if you want them to call you or fill out a form or just click on different um, coupons, or maybe you want them to look at your affiliate sales links. So those links are what you're aiming for. That's what you want to make big and obvious next step. Man, that's that right there. I mean, that's, that should be, that should be at the front of our conversation. The idea of like, we should have a goal in place. Mm -hmm. We're driving traffic to the website. So what, like, what's the point? Why do we want them there? What are they going to do when they get there? All that kind of stuff. That's a whole huge conversation. And, And I like this idea of setting goals and the goal is not just necessarily to just increase traffic. It should be more detailed. Like you're saying, we want that traffic to get here and hit three pages. We want them to get here and view two different blog posts, whatever that, whatever, you know, sign up for our email list, all that kind of stuff. That's that's really good stuff. And having that dialed in really helps us to then go back to uh, kind of re-engineer uh, or whatever we want to do here is it get into the the paid ads and the banner ads like you talked about and generating uh, need and traffic and all that kind of stuff and all that kind of backtails into the the idea of what is our goal what are we mm-hmm. what do we want them to do so absolutely you can't do conversion rate optimization until you have traffic so really you've got to get banner ads or SEO or something to generate people to test conversion rate out on. So if somebody's like, I got 30 people a month. I can't, I can't optimize that. We're just going to have to make guesses and hope it works. So let's conversion rate optimize when you get a hundred or 200, where we can split them into an AB. We turn one of the buttons a different color. We make this one, this button bigger, or maybe we, we do something with the phone number so that we can see which one actually through data made a difference in your conversion rate. And you continually do that over time to get to the best conversion rate that that website can do. And again, I think the answer might be the same as what you said before. Is there a conversion rate number metric or something that we should really be paying attention to or aiming at or anything like that? Or is it again, very dependent on our industry and so forth? It is really dependent on the industries. I was working with a makeup um, website that sells makeup. And they're like, well, I've got like a 0.5 conversion rate. That's really great. And I'm like, actually, your industry averages 5%. Oh, so industries do have a conversion rate that they're aiming for. But the more traffic you get, the lower your conversion rate is going to be because it's just less targeted. So we want to see what is it right now? And how can we make it better? So if you're at, you know, an eighth of a percent, let's, let's get that 
to a little bit bigger, right? We just want to make it better and better and better until we get to where we can go. We've actually got some websites that are like 10, 15% conversion rates, but their traffic is so targeted and wants to be there that we need to expect that kind of conversion rate from them because they're there because they want to be. Um, and the more you get just general traffic coming in, looking at your pretty pictures, looking at, oh yeah, that kid's really cute or that cat video is awesome. Coming in off of win a free iPad or whatever you're offering, it yeah. really... Your, your conversion rate is going to be different based on traffic too. Our conversion rate on organic is much higher than off pay-per-click, right? Because they're, they're looky-loos. So you want to, in a, in a while, understand that the different traffic is going to create different conversion rates and improve each of them individually. People who come in off pay-per-click are looking for easy, fast, and cheap. If you want to be the answer to that, great. But the organic is looking for an answer to a question. So maybe we aim them to different pages that really target that question that they're asking so that we can get that conversion rate higher because we are the answer to what they're looking for. Sweet. That's really good. So am I off base here? But in when, I, when I'm listening to you, I'm hearing that maybe we shouldn't be focusing so much on just driving as much traffic as possible to our website. We should be less focused on that and more on driving the right traffic. So maybe maybe I've been getting 2,000 people a day coming to my website. And if I'm optimizing, I might see that drop down to 1,500 or even 1,000 or something like that. But if I'm watching the right metrics, the conversion rates and those types of things, the bounce rate, and if I'm seeing that improve then good, right? I'm, I'm may have less traffic, but I'm having a better conversion rate. Is that, am, yes. am, I feel like a lot of times in pay-per-click, we will aim not for the most clicks, but for the best clicks. So sure. This other company got you 500 clicks a day, but your conversion rate was next to nothing. You had one client for the whole month. That, that traffic was useless to you. Now, if I can get you 10 clicks a day and five of those fill out your contact me form, now we've got the right All traffic. Yeah. So absolutely. Now, if you're Kleenex or McDonald's, Burger King, dude, traffic's everything, right? You want them coming out to see what your menu is today. So that's, it's a different world, right? That you're living in. So it is industry specific. Um, you put ads out on Instagram or Pinterest to teenagers and you're showing them in this new um, glitter lip gloss traffic you, you want lots of traffic because they're not all going to buy. So really it's the quality, especially the SEO and pay-per-click quality is better. Coming off social, you may just want that branding for them to know that you exist, for this new lip gloss to be acknowledged as existing in their world so that you can generate interest over time. Um, so really you've got different targets, but yes, quality over quantity every day of the week. So... What else am I missing? We've got we've got kind of a uh, an outline here. We're we're talking about SEO. We've answered what SEO is, which I I really like your answer there is becoming the best answer to a question. Um, then we're looking at whether we're doing it internally or we're hiring somebody else. What work is actually being done? We should be able to see that. Then we're looking at rankings, which is kind of a uh, here are the results of the work that we see and seeing that. Even if we're coming from page 10 to page four, that's a good jump. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving. And then we should see traffic and identify what type of traffic we're, is coming in. And, 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 and is it good traffic? Do we need to optimize all that kind of stuff? Like what, el what, else, what else do we need to know about SEO that we haven't talked about today? 
I think the focus right now should be on making sure that all of the SEO is done. I know a lot of people who are still just talking about local SEO, and that's great for a little tattoo parlor that traffics everything, right? It's it's about their location. But what I need to, people to know is that there is a lot that goes into what Google is looking for, and they are not updating twice a year. They're updating every single day. That algorithm updates itself every single day. It's getting smarter and smarter. There is very little ways to just game the system, okay? Quality work over quantity. Hey, I can make you 10 links this month. Okay, but what's the domain authority that you're linking to? Is there any trust flow coming back from that? Quality matters. And make sure they're not just burning you. Like I'm pu- I'm publishing links just to publish links because that's what I told you I do. Mm-hmm. I want to see that it's making a difference and that Google likes what you're doing. Because if you're not aiming for high quality, the right answer, the right things, Google's going to burn you in one of these updates and it's going to hurt, right? So what we want to do, last year was all about quality content. The last two updates in Google was about being the trusted educational answer, having um, good quality information that people need. Clickbait sites died a vicious death last year. So what we want to do and the tech good. <laughs> the tech side is coming up hard in the spring. Okay, if your tech isn't there, if your site speeds slow, if your files are too big, if your site's just questionable in any way, you're going to get hit with this new algorithm. Google has pre-warned us 6 months in advance that this is coming. Be prepared. So, if you're listening to this after May um let's see, April, I think is when it's being rolled out. If you were hit in the spring, that's why. It's all tech SEO. So people who are great at writing and making blog posts are not going to see this coming at them because it's not something that they're focused on. So make sure that all of those things are dotted and crossed. And then the long SEO contracts, stay away from them. Because if they have to get you into a long contract, it's probably because you're going to be questioning them in the middle. So if they can't keep you month over month based on their quality and their results, you're going to need to question what you're in with that. But if they're hiring somebody, they should give them, Mm -hmm. like we talked about, probably a couple months, three months at least to kind of see results, get some things going. And show their work. Show me what you're working on. Show me where you're publishing. Show me that it's going to make a difference, that you know the difference between domain authorities of two and domain authorities of 40. Show me the difference of the the on-site content versus off-site content. They should have different tones. The off-site should not be you talking about yourself. It should be somebody else mentioning you, right? You don't want to talk about yourself all the time. Google's super sick of that. They've heard you talk. They've heard you talk, okay? They want somebody else to say, hey, I like these guys and what they're doing. So let's look at the different tones. Let's look at the quality of content and then look for results. If you're hiring someone, give them six months, but you should see something happening. It's not going to take them two years to get some ranking changes. So let's wrap up this one thing. If you're talking to a marketing director or CMO or somebody in charge of marketing What's one thing if they can't if they can't tackle all of this and they can't do it all right now and maybe they don't even have a budget to hire an agency like what's one thing they can do just to get started? Um, look at SpyFu, look at SEMrush. They've got some free reports out there. Look at where you're at, and then pull up your closest competitors. Look at where they're at. Okay, because what you want to see is not just your rankings and your traffic, but what are the other guys doing. Do they have 10 times the traffic that I do? Because if they do, then you have an opportunity to get there. If you're the winner right now of your industry, of your 
of your city, then you are where you need to be. But if you are sluggish and everybody else is kicking your butt, you have an opportunity there to get better, to get better quality traffic, to get more customers to grow, right? So that's the first question is where are you up against these guys? Look at where you're at. And then if you're spending a whole bunch of money on TV, radio, banner ads, social media, but you don't have the SEO in place, you've got your pyramid upside down, right? You're doing a whole bunch of this education and gaining interest, but you're not there when they search. Somebody else is gaining that interest, right? I had a client who uh, ranked really, really well on the word mattress, right? And he knew when his biggest competitor started and stopped their radio ads because he'd get the calls, right? Their radio ad said King for 549. And when he got that phone call, he found a King on on the lot for 549. Yes, of course, I've got that. Come on down. Come take a look at it. We'll load it in your truck, right? He didn't need to do the radio ads because he had the rankings. So that's that's what SEO does for you. That's awesome. That's an incredible idea. Like capitalize on our competitors' ad spend by just showing up when the when their people are coming to search for for that product. That's that's awesome. And so hopefully, then we need to look at our own selves and say, like, are we doing that for our competitor? So um, that's that's really good stuff. Well, Chris, I I mean, I think we could talk for ten more hours on this stuff because there's so much detail, but I I think at this point we've really covered the bases of like what we should what we should be looking at. And in really, I like that idea of the first step out of all of this is really just, let's just analyze where we're at. Where are we at? Where are our competitors at? What are some of the, what are some of the statistics or what are some of the, the reports saying about us? And then let's make a plan, set some goals and, and, and start making steps. And we don't have to tackle it all at once. It's not a big rush. It's not going to be done in two weeks, but if we just take some steps Move move towards a, a goal. We should see some progress in a few months, and and just keep going. So I, yeah. I really like that. It feels like a clear path for for pretty much anybody who's working on SEO. Perfect. That's what I want. Good. So, given that, I thank you so much again for that content. Like you've given us so much value here. Uh, this should be a paid episode for sure. Um, so what? Uh, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, they want to reach out to you. Maybe they have more questions, uh, or they maybe they want to hire you guys. What's like? What's the best way to get in touch with you or your team? I'm on LinkedIn under Chris Siebenek, um, S I E B E N E C K, and then SEO Works is where I work right now, and it's spelled W E R K Z. So SEO works spelled wrong. Um, those two ways, and I'm I believe one of the few Chris Siebenecks on LinkedIn. So I'm there um, and available for any questions. I can strategize quickly based on the reports I can pull for free, just on where you're at and where you can go. Like, what can I look forward to? That way we can just give you some answers about what have I been paying for and what do you see on my site that can be improved? So we can get some answers to you pretty quickly. And when we talked, you mentioned that you could even help agencies like ours, right? Like your company could kind of come in and partner with us. Is that right? Absolutely. We white label for a lot of agencies because we have employees that do the work. We don't outsource anything that we do. Um, We hire internally. So we can easily white label or just partner referral. If you've got somebody that's looking at it, but you don't want to manage the expectations of the reporting, send them over. We do, um, you know, agency commissions on that a lot. And we are able to help strategize. We have an agency right now that has two different full-time employees doing SEO, but they're just really great at the on-site content. I've got my tech people going in and changing the the uh, 
hard technical SEO, and then we've got the offsite writers that help with the offsite SEO so that we can all work together to get each of the pieces really checked off and done for each client. That's awesome. That's so cool. So you guys got both both those bases covered. That's awesome. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to kind of continuing our relationship and maybe we can work together in the future, which I think would be really cool. So Sounds fantastic. All right, Chris. Well, thank you so much again for being on this podcast. And guys, thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, as always, you can feel free to jump on social media and follow us for more great content like this. And feel free to subscribe on iTunes. And of course, we would love a nice five-star review there. And, uh, and we hope that you'll be back for next episode. Thanks and have a great one. Thanks so much for listening to the Big Brand Theory podcast. Make sure to like and follow us on social media and subscribe to the podcast today. 